we are recording. We're hot. Good luck with the BT Epic. I'm not racing this year. Okay. I'm just going to hang. Well, hopefully, hopefully, oh. hopefully your hang works out fine for you there. I hope so too. You hanging left or right this mm. this weekend? I dress to the left. Okay. <clears throat> you want to roll some music? Talk about bikes. Welcome aboard, everyone. Believe it or not, it is another edition of Shiftless. I know. Back again. Back again. And anybody that really knows Brad and I, for us to do this for 31 episodes. It's pretty crazy. Uninterrupted. It's pretty crazy. I was thinking about that this morning. I was like, damn, we've been doing this. This would be our 31st episode. I was like, that's crazy. And then I thought, why did Kevin ask me to do this? You reached out to me. I don't recall it that way. Oh, am I going to have to bring up the text uh, stream or whatever it was? I mean, we did we did our Sharknado thing back in the day. <laughs> and since then... I you... was wrong for the record. <laughs> I was wrong. Since then, you've reached out to me on a regular basis of, we need to do another podcast. We need to do another oh, podcast. that is true. So. That is true. And, and then scouting roads and stuff, we always just have good conversations. We do. We do. Speaking of uh, Sharknado, have you seen The Meg? I know it exists. <clears throat> I have not seen it, though. I haven't either. And, the, well, there's a Meg, too, as well, I believe. Yeah, I'm right. curious. I'm not going to rush out and watch it. Yeah. It was. I had a I, I had a crazy night last night for whatever reason. I've got theories, but we won't go down that rabbit hole. After supper last night, I was I seven o'clock, boom, I'm out like a light. Really? I, it was like I got my belly full, and it's like I feel tired now. And I went to lay down on the couch and watch some YouTube, and just zonked out. Hmm. Woke up at like two thirty in the morning. So I mean, that what's that? That's probably a solid seven eight hours of sleep right there. But wasn't ready to crawl off the couch just yet. So I fired up fired up the YouTube, and there was some documentary about how did we how have we gotten to where we are with modern movies, and basically why there's really no good movies out there yeah. hardly anymore. Yeah, you know, you think of the classic seventies, eighties, and nineties mm-hmm. dramas and comedies, and the not that all of them were good, right? But there was such an assortment. They were original. They were original. That was the thing. Yeah. yeah, there was a lot of meat on that bone for that particular uh, documentary, and it, and it put me back to sleep. You know, <laughs> after I listened to it for about forty-five minutes, so that was good. And then I rolled out of bed at six thirty this morning at proper time. Six thirty. Yeah. Event day is usually 4 to 4.30, but if, if it's not an event day, I do 6, 6.30, something like that. I used to be Mr. Night Owl and sleep till noon if I could sort yeah. of thing. And those those days are long gone, thankfully. I'm a night owl. Like I, It's hard for me to go to sleep before midnight. Yeah, I was a midnight 1 o'clock yeah. uh, sort of thing there. Well, that's going to be, well, that'll be part of it. But my gigs... You know, are always evening, 
tend to be. There, so. there is that. There is that. Mine are always, almost always, morning. Yeah. Uh, we've got a good rat crew out there this week. Don't know if you've been following it, but uh, they. Uh, how many? How many you have on course? Uh, probably right now it's half a dozen or so, something yeah. like that. We had a few drop out in the first couple of days, which typically happens. Due to uh, any particular reason? Uh, one was one was all I saw was knee injury uh-huh. so i don't know if that was a tumble and <clears throat> hurt something or if it was just an overuse thing doing mm. too many long days in a row that they weren't used to yeah. combination they are up actually there were two of those rich waltzman still out there yeah as of this morning i've been seeing his strava posts uh there's a there's a crew from out uh i believe i'm not sure where they're all from some are from the bridgeport area and but they all kind of know each other hmm. uh, a gentleman named roel roll uh plugging along matt golson steve fluche uh good crew out there and they're they're all they're all making progress we're kind of we're kind of yeah today's wednesday mm-hmm. they're following basically our stage schedule yeah which is what i recommend for most people but yeah uh you know Unless you're going to try to bust out an FKT. You know, I don't recommend that for anyone for their first attempt at the rat. No, I wouldn't well, recommend that for anything. Understood. Yeah. But that's the way a lot of people do it. Pe- yeah. People we know fairly well. Uh, maybe not an FKT per se, but they want to be in that realm sort yeah. of thing. It's like, you don't even know what you're getting into yet. Right. So just yeah. come out the first year and do the stage schedule. It's plenty tough. Yeah. It'll let you know what you're up against, and it'll give you an idea what you need to do if you want to go to an F- for an FKT or be in that five-day realm somewhere down the road uh, sort of thing. Because, it's, I mean, it's still 130, 150-mile days. Yeah. And you do that day after day for eight days, it, it'll stack up on you. Yeah. That's, uh, a, that's a monstrous push. So far, this crew's sticking to the schedule for the most part. Rich fell a little bit behind. I'm thinking so we we'll, took a short day on Monday. Is that right? He said he rode like 62 miles or something. Well, basically what happened, he got bit by a dog on Saturday. Oh, really? Yeah, he went through to Denison. He got to Paris with us Saturday night, and Sunday he went to Denison. That's still on the stage schedule. Mm-hmm. Monday should have been Henrietta. That's where everyone else went. Uh, looked like Rich pulled up in Munster for whatever reasons. Yes. I, I don't know the details on that yeah. yet. So he's 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 a little he's off schedule from the others, but uh, you know he left Henrietta this. So he's basically a day behind at yeah. the moment. Uh, who knows? Maybe he'll ride through the night and catch up. <laughs> mm. I'm thinking not. Ninety three beats per minute. Yeah. <laughs> Zone five for Rich. That guy's an anomaly. Uh, but yeah, today's kind of, uh, Vernon. So they'll they overnighted in Vernon last night. The folks that are on the schedule. Mm-hmm. So tonight would be ch- they would make it to Childress. Mm. If they make it to Childress, it's not it's not all downhill. But yeah. they've they've got what it takes to make it the whole way. They've proven yeah. it to themselves, and if they can make it to Childress, um, you know, I mean, things can still go sideways. Stuff can happen. Oh yeah, B- bad weather, food poisoning, whatever. Yeah, stuff can happen. Uh, but if weather they, weather seems pretty good. They've got a chilly day lined up potentially on Saturday. Saturday. Yeah, and we've run into that before. Where and it was 
following the stage got almost the exact same thing where we had a whole crew that was doing well up until Vega the the last night and then the cold front came through that Saturday and folks couldn't a lot of folks couldn't finish it those they just couldn't push through it was that because I mean you get up on top of the cap rock when it's sub freezing and the winds are blowing it's not good yeah especially if you're ill-prepared it's well even when you think you're prepared it's you know, I mean you you would you would have to go the whole you know, I did a rod. <laughs> yeah. Get up for out basically yeah. to be properly prepared for it. Yeah, nobody's packing pogies. Exactly. Exactly. So yeah. I think there's a good chance we might have Mr. Waldschmidt on again somewhere down the road to get a rehash of his rat experience. I don't know why. He's not any fun to talk to. I know. And it's not like it's not like I get an email every other day. When's Rich gonna be on again? When's Rich <laughs> gonna be on again? I love that guy. <laughs> oh, speaking of which, did you get the uh Viewer mail I sent you the other day. Um, from Andrew. Yes, I did get that one. Um, I don't recall it verbatim, but I'll look it up. Could you look quick. it up? Let's, I will. Let's. Oh yeah, because we're coming up. Yeah, let's let's knock out viewer mail because I don't know if you noticed one part of that one. I wanted to bring to your attention if you missed it. Episode twenty nine, full circle. I love his opening line. Long time listener, first time caller. Because when Shannon calls me, I'll go. Go ahead, caller. You're on the line. <laughs> uh, my experience on topics from episode 29. He's got this in bullet points. He's, he's very well prepared. So number one, the ultimate comfort frame is a steel full suspension, which is very interesting to me. It's super niche um, especially green ones, even more niche. <laughs> I know this bike that he's speaking of, okay. for the record. Okay, okay. Uh, maybe one of these days I'll get some tie jewelry between my legs. Uh, number two, one-up customer service exists, but they're not exactly happy about it. That is interesting. I did not know that. Not had to deal with one-up customer service. Number three, e-bikes are definitely letting the old man in. In my eyes, giving in to an e-bike is synonymous with the saying of death by rocking chair. An e-bike should be the last-ditch effort to ride a real bike. Just pedal harder, damn it. So. And how does, how does he wrap up his, uh thanks bye bye <laughs> yeah so i think he picked up on that the smartless yeah. yeah uh so tell me more you're, you're familiar with the bike uh andrew is referring to yeah i forgot the the name of it but um i think it's a canadian brand uh it's a steel full suspension bike uh i've looked at it when he's had it out there i cannot remember the name of it it's a pretty cool build but you know obviously if you're going to be a custom builder and you want to build a full suspension bike, steel is probably the most budget-friendly way to do that. I think you can do it really well. I mean, I think steel is a great frame choice. We were talking about this last night, I think. I have one, two, three, four, four steel bikes. So, I'm a fan. Oh, I, I, I'm, you know? I'm, a, I'm a fan, too. I probably talked around the point I was trying to make last week along the lines of my expectation is steel is just, it's going to just be a, a custom frame. It's going to be a boutique frame going forward for the most part. Uh, there will be some exceptions in the mix. Surly will still be around. There, yeah. I'm, I'm not saying Surly's gone. I'm not inferring that at all. But generally speaking, there's not very many new steel customers. It is, steel is a retro grouch material for the most part it's a merino that's the name of it merino sorry interesting 
Yeah. And it's a nice minty green color. I uh, I haven't ridden it. I mean, it's no offense, Andrew, but it's too small for me. But um, I would love to ride something comparable. Shall we try to bring in our guest? Absolutely. Let's see what happens here. Am I going to be able to hear him in my headphones? Supposed to be able to. That's the plan anyway. There we go. There we go. Can you hear me? I can. Brad? Yeah. Can can, can you hear Brad? Hello, 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 hello. Velvety, dulcet tones of Mr. Green. <laughs> What's going on, Mr. Wadley? How are you doing? Uh, I try and keep my head attached if I'm being truthful. For those who may not be familiar with Mr. Ron Wadley, he is the principal of Insurance for Texans. And Brad and myself, Bradford, I was about to say Brad Lee, Bradford and myself, uh, we, Ron, we've come up with numerous topics in our episodes where insurance came up in the discussion. And I don't know if you're how familiar you are with our show, but the basic premise is we're a couple of idiots that have no idea what we're talking about. And when we have topics that we think people would benefit from good information, we try to bring in an expert. So we're, we're bringing you on board as an expert for uh, cycling-related insurance information and maybe whiskey, the, too. The, the good news is you've added a third idiot to this pile. <laughs> <laughs> Three heads are better the than bad one. The news is, yeah, well, I mean, three is better than two, right? Mm-hmm. We'll see how much of an expert I am. How about that? You, you're definitely going to be more of an expert uh, than we are. And and full disclosure to everyone, uh, several months ago, Ron and I recorded uh, for Spinistry Chat uh, some of these same t- sorts of topics, but uh, for various reasons, A, that audio didn't come out very well. Ron, you were right about your pacemaker. It didn't work with that wireless mic at all. And... <laughs> Uh, and B, uh, I didn't feel that, uh, quite frankly, Ministry Chat uh, had enough audience to justify Ron's good content. And, uh, I mean, we're up to at least 28 listeners on wow. Shiftless now. Does that mean we have South Dakota and North Dakota them. now? And, uh, you know what? I have not. I did not check this week. Hmm. So well, I, I will check Alaska, South Dakota, and North Dakota uh, when I get get home, but uh, we ha- you know we have a little bit broader audience that can benefit from some of Ron's information. Uh, so thank you, my good friend, uh, for joining us today. This is not sponsored by You're Insurance welcome. for Texans. Just to let anybody know, mm-hmm. uh, we, we we're bringing in a real deal expert here, uh, sort of thing. If you don't mind, Ron, can you just give us just a quick overview of what insurance for Texans is, who you are, what your cycling background is, the elevator pitch on that sort of thing? Sure. I, I can, that part I can handle well. So insurance for Texans is an independent agency uh, located here in the middle of Dallas, Fort Worth. We were born out of an idea that only being able to provide one solution to people is a bad idea. And we were also born out of the premise that Insurance doesn't have to be so dadgum confusing and hard as a lot of folks like to make it. So we center ourselves around educating about what people truly have at risk, what they need to protect and how to do it. Hmm. We 
stretch across all lines. So we do personal lines, which would be your homes, your cars, your bikes, your boats, things of that nature that you own yourself. We do uh, commercial insurance for everything from home-based businesses that don't make very much money all the way up to some large manufacturing risks that do sales in excess of 100 to 200 million a year. So we do individual health, we do health for businesses as well. We do accident policies that work really well for knucklehead mountain bikers like myself. If you are a cyclist and you call in, there's a good chance you could talk to me if, if you're needing to try to cover, you know, a high-end titanium bike that's worth more than my car uh, <laughs> because I'm the one that understands those things. As far as the cycling goes, I first hopped, uh, pushed push my leg over a bicycle at the age of four um, and was off of training wheels before I got to kindergarten, which really made my parents nervous because if I could jump off of it, I would. Truly um, fell in love with what the three of us know is mountain biking uh, back in the uh, late 90s uh, at this little place called River Legacy. And then began to explore, uh, and I have ridden and raced a long time ago all over the southwest part of the United States. I just ride for fun now because racing got too serious, and screw that, I'm here for fun. So I have a, I have a question. Do you, I mean, did, did you have a set? Nope. No questions? No. So I think the, the original thought was uh, um, when we were talking about having you on here, is we were talking about, did you hear about what happened to Peter Vary? Um, when he was attempting to do the uh, the divide, he got he got hit from behind by a, a, a driver and totaled his bike and put him in the hospital. And um, I was just wondering if there's what kind of insurance would a guy need to cover those things, like a the bike and b obviously health insurance you need for hospital and and whatnot, depending on what the coverage is from the the other person um, who. I mean, I'm not going to make any assumptions, but I'm going to make an assumption that they were at fault since they rear-ended him. Let's let, let's assume they're at fault and uninsured. Yeah, that's what I was. That's I guess that is the base of my question is, you know, I mean, he had a custom tie bike, you know, that was probably 14k if I had to guess. I mean, let's just call it 10k. And I don't know what his hospital stay is going to end up being, let's, but he had surgeries and blah, blah, blah. Let, let's say he's got $100,000 of medical yeah. bills. I don't think any either of those numbers is, is unrealistic. No, definitely not unrealistic. Plus PT and you know time lost and all that stuff. So what, what is a guy that, that has that much exposure, what, what do they need to be protecting and how do they go about doing it? I'm going to start from you guys said that, that you're going to assume he was uninsured. I'm going to tell you now that if you own a car mm -hmm. and you are driving uninsured and you do that, you need to go to freaking jail. Yeah, but that doesn't stop millions of people from doing it every day, Ron. I understand. One, one in four drivers in the state of Texas is driving around with no insurance. It's yeah. being completely transparent. Yeah. So there's a couple of things that we need to do. Um, first and foremost, if you have an auto insurance policy uh -huh. and you ride a bike that has any ability to come in contact with a car, there is a provision on your auto policy called personal injury protection that you need to max out. 
Okay. It's not going to cost you that much money. But if you are a cyclist, you're on the road and you are hit by a car, you have immediate access to that fund. So hmm. it, it, the people that I work with that I know ride, especially on the road, we always tell them that needs to be at $10,000. So there's the first immediate thing because a car was involved mm-hmm. with that accident. Your personal injury protection on your personal auto policy will kick in. And that's an immediate $10,000. Basically, they're going to cut a check and not ask a whole lot of questions. Yeah. So that's the first, that's the first piece. And, um, and that goes towards damage of the bike? Is that what I'm understanding? It goes towards the medical bill. That's medical. It's going to go oh, towards medical. The medical bill. Okay. Injury, injury protection. Yeah, it's going to go. I mean, you can technically use it towards the bike, but but it's it's ideally suited for those medical bills. Okay. So that's the first thing. It's something most, especially here in, in Texas, most of us own a car. Yeah. It's an inexpensive way to layer in five ten thousand dollars worth of protection if you have the exposure of being hit by a car okay um because when a car becomes involved your own personal auto policy is going to extend even though you weren't in your car okay that makes sense so that's the that's the first layer the second layer let's talk about the bike before we go to the medical bills because the medical bills is going to be a bit of a weird nut yeah the bike, you you realistically have three options. That's, um, that's an extension of your homeowners, right? It can be. And this is where we get into it's complicated. Uh-huh. Um, and the reason I say that we have three options. So the, the thing that you're going to run into with your homeowner's policy is, yes, that is personal property if you have the replacement cost endorsement on your policy and you have a $10,000 titanium bike that you can prove and verify would cost $10,000 to replace, mm-hmm. your, your homeowner's policy can and will replace that less the deductible. deductible. And here in North, yeah, mm. so here's, here's, here's the problem we're running into with things in North Texas right now. Because we have so much hail, all of the companies are forcing people to raise their deductibles higher and higher and higher. Mm-hmm. You're your deductible for that claim could be $5,000. And if your bike is worth 10, it's nice to get a check for five G's, but you're still out half the bike. Yeah. It's a game that you can play and not, you can do it on your homeowner's policy, but there's a better way. Some of the companies that we work with allow you to schedule your bicycle rather than just use, um, your your personal property because the other thing you run into with personal property there may be a limit on how much they will actually pay out for an individual item that is considered sporting goods mm. and so you've got that caveat as well so if the homeowner's insurance company will let you schedule it much like you would a high value item like your wife's wedding ring mm-hmm. people are people are familiar with scheduling a ring that's worth several thousand dollars. You can do the same thing with a bike with some of these companies. It's going to do a couple of things. Number one, it's going to give you that true 10 K value. And number two, it's generally going to eliminate the deductible. Mm. It's going to cost you, it's going to cost you extra premium on your policy, Mm -hmm. but it can be a really affordable way to do it, to make sure that you get the 10, 15 K back on that, you know, custom moots that you buy. Yeah. 
The other thing that can be done, especially if you schedule it, it's what's known as an agreed value or a replacement cost. Mm, that's okay. going to take um, it's going to take some paperwork. Sure. But if it's 10k to replace the custom titanium, you're buying 10k worth coverage. This is another great reason to have a fantastic relationship with your local bike shop because they can help you out. Oh, one hundred percent. The the local bike shops that can help you with this. Because the insurance companies don't have a clue what components cost right. and all the all the things that we all do to our bikes. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna take us off track for a minute. I do definitely do want to come back to this. That's something Brad and I talk about every episode, multiple times an episode. Quite frankly, the value of the local bike shop and how important we th- we think it is. And I I have firsthand experience with exactly this situation. And again, this is not bashing Canyon or Loft or anyone else out there. But when I got hit, I put the other guy's insurance company in touch with my bike shop. Yeah. And the and that bike shop, they had the bike there, and they were able to go through everything and say the value on this is this, and the value on that is that. Whereas if I'd have said, well, I had the Canyon bike, they would have just gone to the website and yeah. said, well, here's what that bike. Well, I had these wheels, and I had this, and yeah. I had my my computer on it. Well, no, the the website says it's a thirty five hundred dollar bike. Yeah, sort of thing. And it's crazy because people that don't that aren't in our world think a bike is a bike you know? that was that was yeah. another thing uh, i wanted to ask you about that real quick ron because you were talking about the uh on the on the homeowners and some policies cover it some don't or the deductible or whatever else i know i've been in conversations with people that just automatically assumed that their bike was covered by their homeowners because their insurance guy said their bikes were covered I I think it's a safe assumption to think their insurance guy may be thinking they're talking about Walmart bikes or something like that, not a ten thousand dollar titanium custom bike or right. whatever. Is that is that a fair assumption, or is a is somebody that's an insurance agent not in familiar with bikes are they going to ask those right questions? Generally speaking, in the industry, a bike is not a bike is not a bike. But but not all insurance is equal there are absolute differences that are in play and you need to find someone who deals with what you need specifically. There are insurance agents that sell nothing but life and health insurance and they are absolute fantastic experts at that, but they would not have the first clue of what you need to cover that bicycle. You do not get that from a website. You do not get that from a 1-800 number. You get that from having a relationship with people who live and work around you, whether it's a local bike shop, a local insurance agent, or a local boba place. Like Those people know you. They know how to take care of you, and they sell something more than whatever that commodity or service is. Yeah. So we we touched on two ways to take care of the third yeah i just want to bring it back around so we didn't leave anyone hanging that might actually be listening to this we might be able to get up to 30 listeners if if we can stay on track every once in a while and i apologize in advance for completely taking us off track but pretty sure i'm the one that did that so (laughs) it's my turn next the (laughs) the third way to cover it is 
We do offer a complete standalone option to cover your bicycle that bicycles. is not related to any other bicycles. It's not related to any other policy. The one that we offer, when people see the price tag on it, they kind of choke a little bit. You can also do the same thing through a couple of other places that don't use agents. They are online. They are direct to consumer. That policy, their policy will function much like an auto policy in that they generally extend some liability in case you cause an accident. Let's say you're doing a Saturday road ride and you're in the middle of the pack and you take some people out. There is some liability coverage, but there's also what's known as physical damage coverage, which is going to replace your bike um, that, that you've declared its value. I don't sell a policy that offers the liability. I can help walk someone through that option that is done online. Um, They are owned by a company that we do work with. They just don't happen to use agents for those policies. But that standalone policy, if you truly want to get it properly protected, that's how you have to do it. That makes sense. Do those standalone policies uh, cover theft as well? They do, actually. That is or the ones that I offer do, I'd have to look to make sure on the the ones that are offered online. So this is going to be a nuanced question, but like I've got a a Willits steel gravel bike that you literally can't even purchase anymore because they're, they're defunct. That company doesn't even exist anymore. So would like at the very onset of said policy, would you have to, come to an understanding of what a replacement value would would look like and you just kind of settle settle that out from the get-go pretty much there what what's going to happen in an instance like that is there's going to have to be an appraisal done of the bike much like you would a ring circling back to theft uh in general because i know it's it's a question i hear regularly when people wonder about bicycle insurance or what what does what if i have uh, if I have my bike on the bike rack on my truck or my car and it's stolen uh, while I'm in the quick store or something like that, is that covered by my auto insurance or does that devo- default back to my homeowner's insurance or if I do have it as a scheduled item? Uh, how would how would theft work in that sort sort of situation on a general basis? I understand it's it's going to vary from policy to policy and. Uh, what coverage you have and so forth. Yeah. So the vast majority of the time when we, when we talk about the situation you just described, auto insurance covers nothing. Hmm. And most people don't understand that the, the way that you have equipment covered on an auto policy, typically it has to be declared as uh, customizations to the vehicle and it's technically supposed to be permanently attached. So that's item number one. From there, it's going to default to a home policy or that individual scheduled policy. And you're going to be subject to, if it's on the home policy, there can be limits on the value that is covered by theft, especially when it's not on your premises. And you're going to be subject to the deductible. Don't take this the wrong way, Ron, because this is exactly why you're here. But, oh, my God, I'm getting tired, Head. Yeah, I, I was thinking we probably lost 18 of our well, 20. Well, 
24 but, listeners. And, we probably lost 25 of the but 30. It, being it, no, it may, again, this is the, but this is why you're here for this discussion. It's like people got to understand. It's not, it's not just, it's just not as simple as, oh, my homeowners covers it. I'm good. It, it's, it's not yeah. that straightforward. I, hey, if y'all want to reach out to Ron and Insurance for Texans, fantastic. I'm, I'm not dissuading that by any stretch. I'm not encouraging that by any stretch, but I really am. But we're not going there. Um, <laughs> definitely, who, if you're happy with your insurance provider, just make sure to ask them the right questions next time. And hopefully this gives folks a little bit of you know reminder of, of just to you know make sure your your i's are dotted and t's are crossed uh i have the luxury of knowing i can rely on ron to make sure my stuff's set up properly and i'm sure other people have other insurance providers are comfortable with it doesn't hurt to to ask those questions for sure yeah so i'll tell you two things and then we'll move on to the medical stuff number one an insurance policy is nothing more than a legal contract. You either need to read it yourself or you need to make sure that the person you're trusting has read it and can absolutely understand to you what's going on. The second thing that I will tell you is most people who have a bad claim experience assume things are a certain way and they've never asked questions or read the document. Fair enough. We're using the J. Peter very situation is just a general example so we don't know the details of what insurance hurdles he's having to cross or anything like that but i mean the situation he ran into is realistically something that could happen to any of us that ever ride a bicycle anywhere traffic is because he was on a dirt road in the middle of nowhere literally the the medical side of things again assuming that something happens to you that's we'll, we'll start with the not your fault but from an uninsured driver or an uninsured source yeah. of whatever caused it sort of thing. What, what, what are my options there? Let's look at this from a total risk standpoint. Number one, GPS locator beacons that can help with extraction are terribly inexpensive these days. When you think about it in the big picture of life, I highly recommend whichever one you prefer I have one that I use um, personally. I would highly recommend that because that SOS button can get your butt out of there faster than just about anything else. That's the first thing I will tell you. And that has nothing to do with insurance. In conjunction with that SOS, there is insurance that you can buy for extraction that is applicable worldwide. It is highly recommended if you are doing major epic shit yeah having that extraction insurance is 100 percent recommended with that said if you are um hit like he was or let's say you have a wreck whatever your health insurance is going to provide you coverage if you are hit by a car they're going to sue whoever's car insurance for whatever money they can get to apply against the bill. If you are on individual health insurance today, it is highly likely that you have a deductible or what they refer to as max out of pocket that is probably pushing at least $10,000. I've seen them go higher 
And that's to say, if you have $100,000 and all these people are in network or whatever, you're probably going to be out at least 10. So what I personally recommend to people is what's known as an accident policy. These policies are incredibly cheap. They work anywhere worldwide as long as care is given by a licensed professional. But what they're going to do is they're going to cover up anything that is either not covered by your personal health insurance policy, or if you're using it and you're on some sort of catastrophic only plan, they're going to eat up that massive out-of-pocket out of expense that you could have. We keep dirt in our first aid kit around here. <laughs> I'm of the. I'm married to a to a to a pediatrician, and she's like, "Oh no, that could hurt you." And I'm like, "Ah, we'll rub some dirt rub on some, it. It'll be okay." Yeah. My guess is this is actually going to generate a lot of questions that we didn't touch on, or people are going to have some particular feedback of, "Well, that's not the way it works with my insurance policy." I'm betting this will get us the most viewer mail and comments of any episode we've done so far. Brad and I have talked about it for a while to get you on board and do an episode, but Brad was insisting that it had to be an evening episode and involve whiskey. Mm. So my, uh, my idea is somewhere down the road, I'm sure we'll have some questions that need follow-up, and I think follow-up questions will be the right environment for sipping whiskey and talking about that follow-up. Would you, would you be on board with something like that, Ron? I would, Brad. You, are you familiar with the King Ranch by Old Forester? Yeah, the the price is just crazy this year. Would would you pay for it? Last year it was sixty bucks. This year it's ninety. It's ninety, but yeah. I didn't have to pay over for it. I'm see, I'm seeing yep. it online at like a hundred and fifty. Yeah, that's crazy. But I I was able to get my hands on a bottle last weekend. Have you cracked and, it? And somebody else had it. I have not, but one of my friends at a football tailgate on Saturday had some, and I got to taste his. Yeah. Dude, that it's delicious. Old Forester is great point, in my book, period. So, Yes, but this is exceptional by their standards. Very nice. All right, Ron, I'm going to let you get back to work. We appreciate your time, sir. Always good talking will, to you, Ron. Uh, fellas, I, I, I say this sincerely because I've known you so long, and I, and I hope you understand that, but keep being fantastic, guys. <laughs> <laughs> we try. We try. We'll do our best. And that was the one, the only Ron Wadley. Ron Wadley. Ride for beer. Yeah, ride for beer. God, what a throwback. I think it was a necessary topic, but oh my God, it's insurance, right? Yeah. Uh, I mean, it takes a special person to be Ron Wadley. <laughs> there's, there's no doubt about I, that. This is why I have a wife. She handles all of that stuff, so I don't because she knows that I'll just go, eh, whatever, whatever, <laughs> whatever. It's, quite frankly, it's why I lean on Ron for because I yeah. know I can trust him to. It's like, yeah, all right, just put, and I mean, it, and it wasn't that wasn't an automatic. We didn't. It, it's that's been a progression over the years, and I still have some stuff that's separate from from what he's able to provide, and yeah. because he's it's like. I can't do this better than what you got. So you keep what you got sort yeah. of thing. And again, that's why I lean on the bike shop like I do yeah. as well. I I trust them to say, I know you think you want that wheel set. That's not the wheel set you want for this bike. Right. It really isn't. Right. Yet they sold you 27.5 wheels. 
Uh, well, that, I'm kidding. <laughs> that's what Kevin wanted. That's what Kevin wanted, <laughs> and actually, it was, it was questioned, and it was why I have them back again because yeah. I. The last time I was in there, Clarence, says, I got those wheels of yours. Yeah. Do you want them? It's like, uh, can you use them? He's like, fuck no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I think one one thing we did forget and and mention, but I think it's probably. Um, already handled on most people's aspect is if you have a nice custom bike take pictures of it and keep them in a folder and including the serial number um because that will help with identification of all your parts and bits and stuff as well yeah in the case that anything happens man there's there's so many topics along and I, i definitely didn't want to drag ron into it but i mean just stuff i've seen friends go through in some of these situations and things Mm -hmm. like that it's i i've known people that have been Mm rear-ended and their one-up rack or their kuat rack Mm -hmm. gets mangled yeah and the uh, national level insurance companies that are the providers for the person who's at fault they'll go well no that was that, that that was that was a used rack Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, typical schedule. You've had that for three years. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the, uh, you know, yeah, you bought it for $600, but it's, now it's worth 150 mm. It's like, no, you're not going to buy that rack used for 150 You're going right. to buy it for 450 or 500 yeah. used, right? Quite, quite frankly. But that still doesn't make me whole. And the same with the bikes. They'll just totally depreciate stuff and say, oh, it's, it's only worth yeah. this. Uh, so that was that was definitely the value in my situation where the bike shop got involved and uh they made it they made it clear to the insurance company it's like to replace this Mm -hmm. it's going to cost him that right and the insurance company tried to depreciate it and and they got back to me well you know we think the fair value is this i said that doesn't make me whole and quite frankly that's all i had to say and basically it's Oh, <laughs> yeah. But they'll try to play games with you. Oh. It's, it's, well, I mean, it's in there. That's that's how the whole business model works, and, and it's ridiculous. Yeah, it re- it re- it really is. But we won't. We won't. But that's what keeps premiums down, is because you have. Are they down? Well, <laughs> well, that's what keeps them from being even higher. I guess I should say I, that's that's what they say. Yeah, that's what they say. So I feel like we haven't talked about bikes enough. Probably haven't. Yeah, like. Um, Did you do TNSS last night? Yeah. How'd it go? Uh, I rode with a particular guy that has plagued with mechanicals lately. Uh, he had a flat, picked a bad line. Are Actually, you, are you are you being introspective and talking about yourself here? Negative. <laughs> I don't pick bad lines. Oh, okay. He dinged his rim on the rear, flatted. Had to give him a tube again. Tube. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, he flatted. Well, okay. and it but he, was, he was tubeless. Oh yeah, and uh, so he was under volume, uh, under pressured. Possibly the the ironic part of the whole thing was, at the beginning of the ride, he presented me with tubes to replace the last time <laughs> I gave him a tube, um, and so, and then we were almost done and. <clears throat> I, I had ran off, not ran off, but I had left them a little bit, and uh, he flatted his front as well. So, 
And then another guy's handlebars were loose. I mean, it was it was a shit show. Um, did see uh, a, I guess you would call it a mutual friend. Saw one of Shannon's buddies. Uh, we were as we were fixing Hoyt's tire. I see a guy ride by in a race ready repair jersey, and I was like, race ready repair. I was like, do you know Shannon? And he goes, yeah. And he slows down. I go, do you know Breg from Pricksville? And he's like, yeah. He goes, I think he's there right now. And he stopped and chatted with us for a little bit. He uh, comes up here for, I guess, for work um, and rides uh, typically on Tuesday. So he said he's going to bring a single speed and ride with us. But he's from the Houston area as well. So pretty cool. Small world. It is. So um, weather was amazing. This weather's, you know me, I love my weather. Um, we got treated to a gorgeous sunset last night. Did you happen to see the sunset I last did, night? No, no I, I, I told you, I fell asleep oh, at 7 that's, o'clock. That's right, the sun was still up. <laughs> it was it was quite spectacular where we were. Um, good circle, as usual. Good times. But um, I just like riding my bike. I hear you. It was good stuff. But headed to uh, Missouri tomorrow. For BT Epic, I've got some cooking to do today. I'm uh, cooking for our cabin, um, so I'm trying to get some prep work done today. I don't have my favorite sous chef; she's currently out of town. I'm not looking forward to cooking and cleaning, um, but you yeah, know. sometimes you gotta do what you gotta do. Yep, yep. So that's what I have on task for the rest of the day. So, how many people do you, are you having to feed for this? Uh, I think it's just 10 people. Okay. I'm only going to do, uh, I've got dinner two nights and then breakfast, uh, one morning. So not that big of a deal. Okay. Um, we still need to figure out the spinistry Palooza yeah, menu. I need to know, uh, how many people. Okay. I need to know what meals. Um, and then I need to know what I will have, if anything to work with. Okay. Up to and including electricity. Okay. Um, and then uh, if we have any dietary restraints. Okay. Because you know, I know we have, uh, you know, the gluten freeze and the da- dairy freeze and the, you know, whatever. But once I know um, all that, then I can figure out how to work around it okay. and uh, I'll make it happen. Well, so. I guess it's more along the lines of what do you need to make it work? Is your perception that we're providing everything or you're going to provide it and we haul it for you? Or, uh, I mean, as far as, as far as burners or cookers or whatever else, or what, what, what's, what's your ideal situation? Well, I mean, it, it really depends on the amount of people. Like let's how say many 20, people? let's say 20 people, 20 people. And it, and it also depends on what we have available. I mean, we're going to be, it's just a rugged campsite, right? It's uh, the the overnight for Saturday night is primitive camping, mm-hmm. but we'll have access to a nearby cabin with with electricity and stuff. Okay, because I'm inclined to do something uh, and then sous vide it, and and I can definitely bring a generator to to power a, a, a sous vide. Yeah, that's not a problem. Um, and then do you know some of the stuff? Will, will we be able the Will we be able to have a fire? Or is that going to be a game time thing? That's probably going to be a game time thing. And if we do, it's probably going to have to be a solo stove or something like that. Okay. 
So cooking over fires out. I would, yeah, I would not plan to cook over okay. fire. Um, I mean, I, I'll figure, I'll figure it out. But my, my my goal is to make it easy and delicious. Understood. So it's wherever those two kind of cross on the graph. Um, I, I, I got to get through this weekend, and then I'll think about it. Understood. Um, but, uh, I mean, it's not going to be an so issue. So, at, at least at this point, I should plan to bring a generator at least. Yeah, I mean, but if we have a, a cabin, we can just set up a sous vide in the cabin, can't we? Potentially. I mean, they have electricity. Potentially. Do they have external electricity? I don't know, I don't know that specifically okay. yet. That's what I'm saying. So, yeah. it, it doesn't hurt to have the generator as a backup. And that way, the sous vide can be right up there at the campsite, too. Yeah. Hypothetically. But we'll see. We'll see. So I'll plan on the generator. Now, if we do the sous vide route, do you, would your expectation be that you bring your sous vide or I haul your sous vide stuff? Or would you prefer that I put pack my sous vide stuff? For example, that's that's the type of thing I'm trying yeah. to get in the... I typically bring my own equipment just so I know what I'm dealing with. That makes Even though sous vide is sous vide is sous vide. That makes all the sense in the world yeah. to me. I understand. Um, and I'll probably just bring like a five-gallon bucket. I mean, it doesn't have to be anything fancy. The problem is water water yeah we will have the water okay and actually we do have water in the cab we have water in the cabin for sure okay so our worst case scenario is to fill our five gallon jugs and take it up there to yeah. the top off the sous vide um and then once i figure out if if we have dietary restraints and what they are then i can work backwards from there i will send that email out yeah. sunday night okay. let everybody get through their weekend and say hey yeah chef's brad starting to put the menu together if you have special restrictions i'm not gonna yeah. i'm not gonna ask for requests yeah it needs to be allergies or dietary restrictions you know exactly so, exactly um but i plan on uh, and then how many meals is it just gonna be the one night saturday saturday night uh is the chef brad meal okay uh we'll probably also provide a sunday night something for everybody as well but okay. that'll probably be spinistry chow of some sort okay yeah i that's mean that's kind of what i'm thinking anyway i mean i'm gonna make it as good as i can but also dealing with what we deal with you know understood so, um i think i think we can do something really good okay so, i don't want to let all my cats out of the bag and i don't know if you got the email or not but we pearly has agreed to join us to help with support oh so we opened up six more spots so we were sold out we opened up six more spots i've got another pair of hands very cool. to help with stuff so i'm even more excited now pearly so, Mrs. Spinistry, for those who don't know what she's, a pearly is. She's awesome. Yeah, so she was ride for beer. She was pearly. You were B green, right? Mm-hmm. Very original. Uh, Very well, original. And my original one was Kevin. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Any bike news, parts, bits, anything exciting there? Uh, I did get a correction to circle back to uh, the Surly Crosscheck. My uh, resident Surly uh, expert, so to speak, um, Shannon. I'm about is, to say, this has to be yeah, Shannon, right? He's a freaking bird dog on the website, and he's he's more in touch with what Surly's doing, what they've done, and all that than, than I could ever amount to. Um, he told me that, that the cross-check literally was never touched. Disc tabs weren't added. Um, oh, okay. Ever. I, I forgot what, what the... 
the I think it's the straggler maybe was basically a cross check with disc tabs. They didn't put disc tabs on it and continue to call it a cross check. The cross check has always remained uh, cantilever brakes. Okay. And he said that's probably why they relegated it to discontinue. Well, that makes that, yeah. that makes I I could have sworn somewhere along the way I had heard that they had updated cross checks. He wanted me to make sure that you were corrected. That, so, oh, that's perfectly yeah. fine. I I don't mind being corrected. <laughs> no, he he sent me a text like uh I guess it was yesterday. He's like, "Hey, cross check never had disc tabs." I was like, "Sorry." I mean, I I didn't know. It's in the title. We're just a bunch of idiots. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I wasn't claiming it to be fact. Did you see uh, our local cycling world-class celebrity, Lauren Stevens, how she did at Gravel Worlds? I did not. Oh. Uh, sixth place. Very nice. A very, very, very strong. She's a beast. She, I was listening to a podcast yesterday, um, Faster Mustache, with forgot the guy's name Payson um and uh they were talking must you talking the Payson McKelvin yeah and I was it's not faster mustache but I know what you're talking something like that something about mustache um but uh and he he had a female guest on I can't remember her name uh and they were recapping some races and they were talking about female starts um trying to get females separate starts Mm -hmm. because there was all that you know, I don't want to get into all that, but, right. um, and Payson had, was talking about in this particular race, he had a mechanical. So he ended up riding with some of the females and he thought it interesting to witness that dynamic in person. And, um, and it was funny because she went down this list of names and she actually named Lauren Stevens. And I was like, I know her. That was, it was pretty cool. It's pretty cool. Um, She's been here. She's been in your garage. Yeah. Yes, she has. Yeah. Had lunch with her. But uh, it was pretty cool. I also listened to, um, he interviewed, I can't remember this guy's name either, the guy that just broke the uh, Tour Divide record. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. With his set sleep schedule. With, with a sleep schedule. Yeah, which is the smartest way to do it, in my opinion. Uh, I don't disagree. I think, that, but that guy, he must have said the word like about three thousand times during the podcast and it just crushed it for me i couldn't once it once it started i started taking note of it once you once you realize it it's it's yeah it's like something stuck between your teeth it just ran it into the wall for me it was tough but um still a good listen it was just difficult (laughs) i haven't really heard or came across any what i'd call really cycling news lately it i this is the time of year it does start to to yeah. slow down the the stuff that starts making news now is like you know the online stuff and the simulators and swift and all that that's that's what's starting to take up the news now and yeah i am the the very very late adapter to indoor riding i have a like a true spin bike that has no metrics no measurement no nothing and the tensioner on it is literally just felt pads that rub on the flywheel sure and i just i ride it without a heart rate monitor or anything in the very few times that i ride it and just watch tv so i don't have a smart trainer by any stretch of the imagination but it's probably about time for me to get one but oh that's what i was going to ask you okay so 
Peloton. What's going on with Peloton? And I asked this for a multitude of reasons. Okay. They filed bankruptcy or did or, they? Or their their stock plummeted. They well, laid yeah. off tons of employees. Sure. Sure. They had some warehousing issues. Do they still support their platform? They, yes. Okay. And I asked this because this um, I'm a peruser of Facebook Marketplace. Okay. It's almost a hobby. I don't know. It's a I, sickness. I, yeah, I get it. Um, but I've seen numerous yes. Peloton bikes for sale. Yes. For like dirt cheap, like $200, $400. Yes. So I'm, my thought was to get one of those, but then it started. I was wondering, you have to, can you get a subscription service without purchasing your bike? your Peloton bike straight from Peloton. Yes, you can. And do they still support? They still have content and training yes. and all that stuff. Yes. And can I, can you Zwift with a Peloton no, bike? No, you can't. Okay, so you can only Peloton. It's, so the simple answer, and I'm sure there's probably variances to it, and somebody's got to tell me I'm wrong. Mm -hmm. With this hack, and if you reprogram this, mm -hmm. and you hire Jay Clark to come in and do mm -hmm. it for you with Beechnut riding his back. Yeah. You can make a Peloton work on Zwift, probably. Okay. Mm -hmm. But um, Peloton's about the subscription service. Okay. That, that's where they generate their revenue. That makes sense. But they, you know, obviously they sell the bike as well mm -hmm. to perpetuate the subscription service. Which are ridiculously expensive. It's it's relative. Um, you know, I'm, I, I have not ridden a Peloton bike, so I can't speak to it specifically. Nor have I, obviously. But, I mean, realistically, a decent spin bike's going to cost you $1,000 these days. I think a Peloton's 2K. And, well, but it's it's got the video screens and all, all understood. Yeah. But that's what the subscription is for. So, if you don't, if you don't do the subscription, there's no reason to have a Peloton bike. Watch fair. So, if you don't, if you, your, spin, your spin bike is a Peloton bike, mm -hmm. just without the feedback stuff. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. Um, so they're all about the subscription service. So they're happy for people that are no longer paying for a subscription to sell their bikes secondhand to somebody that will start paying. Rejuvenate subscri a yeah. subscription. Yeah. yeah. So they're perfectly fine with that. Mm -hmm. That said, they every year, traditionally, mm -hmm. to the best of my understanding, they have updated the bikes, added more features or more mm -hmm. capabilities. So they do get people in N plus one mode or replace the peloton mode so you'll get people that buy the latest one because now it's got an eight inch screen instead of a seven inch screen or mm. whatever yeah and they'll sell their old one on facebook marketplace as well well i was inclined to look into one and then i just started and i guess i could have googled and figured it out but i was just curious if you knew because ron would have been a good person to talk to he's he's a, he's Pel a peloton boy he's a, he's a peloton yeah. guy he's a fan I, we where, know a lot of people that are on peloton where peloton where peloton in my view makes sense is at the family level mm -hmm. if people are sharing the peloton mm -hmm. then it kind of makes sense to, yeah. to some extent uh so a lot of people that i know that it's like well, you know, it doesn't have the resistance and the, the feedback and everything like that, and it's not a racing simulation. Mm -hmm. But I'm able to get my workout in, and my spouse gets their workout in mm -hmm. as well. That that kind of makes sense. Whereas if I'm, doing, if I'm doing my dedicated bike from my stuff, my smart bike, uh, my wife's not going to – she's not, she's not going to mess with that bike in the yeah. – the, 
logging onto the computer and doing yeah. all of that. Um, so the I, I can see where it makes sense. Personally, I'm a big fan of, uh, you know, I'm able to stay engaged with Zwift if I need to, or the new one I'm doing these days in Indie Velo. Same, same general um, tool as, as Zwift. Uh, but just the things like it, you know, you, it's a simulated bike riding environment with other people. And you go up the hill and the resistance goes up and you have to gear down and yeah. everything like that. Um, whereas Peloton, it's just, it, it's just a spin bike. So you're, you're, there's no resistance to it. There's, you're doing what the spin coach is telling you to there's do. There's no resistance? I don't. Well, it's not feedback resistance like going... Oh, I'm at an eight percent incline. Right, it's not automatic resistance along that way. Or now I'm into a twenty mile an hour. You can adjust the resistance. Yeah, you can manually adjust it like on your spin bike. Yeah. Oh, I want I want a harder effort now, but it's yeah. not feedback like you're riding a bike. Oh, right. I'm going up a hill now, and it's right. it's, it's it's harder. Yeah. So, diff- different different strokes for different folks. I'm not saying one's better for than another. Different different tools are better for different people. Sure. Yeah, I mean, I I just want to, I mean, I don't, I don't I don't care about all that stuff anymore. I just want to keep my legs moving when I'm on my my Understood. indoor bike. I don't know. I probably should be more inclined to increase my efforts. Uh, well, I mean, a. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I, I'm always a proponent of work with what you have to maximize that, and then if that doesn't work out, then you figure out what yeah. to upgrade from. What is it about the spin bike that you don't like? Why do you think a Peloton might do you better than the spin bike? Why are you entertaining the idea of a Peloton? Just different. Be- just it's different. Yeah, I get it. And it's it it realistically it it would probably end up in the same position that my spin bike is, just sitting there. Understood. You know? But I just I just thought it was curious. I saw one Peloton literally was two hundred dollars, and I was like, that seems crazy. But I do, if I remember correctly, I don't think it had a screen. The screen was missing for whatever reason. So that may be why it was so cheap. That, but then I saw one that was fully intact for four hundred bucks, and they were I mean, throwing the mar- in the shoes and everything. The market's flooded with them because there's tons of people that have abandoned that. Yeah, yeah. yeah they I, what I think I think you get a year of the subscription with the bike is what I mm. think is the way it worked. Yeah. I'm not positive of that. Um, so so if you buy the bike for two grand, that includes a year's subscription. Yeah. Whatever the sub- so then year two rolls around. It's like I don't you know I it was basically a clothes hanger. I'm not gonna. I don't even know what a what is a Peloton subscription. Forty bucks a month, fifty bucks a month, eighty bucks a month. I don't know. I don't know. I'm looking up their um, their stock real quick. Well, that that that's just because I'm curious. Yeah, but see that's that one's a direct reflection of that COVID fitness boom that we talked sure. about i mean they th- there were so many people that were buying pelotons during covid because they thought they were going to be stuck in their house for the next five years sort of thing their stock is down 445 percent since december 31st of 2020 yeah yeah oh of 2020 yeah so their stock they at, spiked they no. spiked in December 31st of 2020. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. 2020. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Their, and, their stock price 20, was yeah. $162.72 on December 24th of 2020. Okay. 
And then now their stock is what well, five dollars. Okay. What well, was it on December twenty fourth of two thousand nineteen? I don't know that they were out then. They may not have been public yet. They may have gone public during that boom. That's yeah. quite possible. It looks like that it got listed on Feb- February twelfth of twenty twenty. So their IPO is. What did it IPO at on that day? Uh, twenty seven dollars and eighty three cents. Seems like a random number. Well, no, that I mean it's it's. And then it just climbed and That's climbed the and auctions. climbed and climbed. So okay, so it IPO'd at twenty seven bucks. Yeah. Typically speaking, a new stock, the IPO price, will be multiples higher than the actual value but it's people that want to get on board that first day knowing that five years from now it's going to be worth a hundred yeah so they ipo'd at 27 which let's say that says a real fair value for them was probably between 10 and 15 sure so that's what their real value and you're saying they're trading at five something now five dollars and 36 cents and they're probably undervalued now so they're probably still actually in that 10 to 15 dollar actual valuation range Mm. realistically um, but yeah, they're, they're, they're in, they're in the hangover of that COVID 2020 explosion where everybody was buying everything Peloton could yeah. and more where what, just like you were talking about last week, the market expected that to be sustainable and yeah. the people that were following that publicly traded stock were like, Oh, it's, it's at a hundred bucks. Well, it's going to go for one fifty. It's going to go for, and yeah. they were right to a point until it wasn't. Yeah. So you can't, ju- you can't judge the actual value of a company realistically by the stock price, unfortunately. No, but I, I just knew that I had read that their, their stock price just crashed. Sure it did. Um, which, I mean, I think... But it was completely based off the unrealistic expectations like you were talking yeah. about yeah. last week. Um, and anybody that would have looked at that thinking that was sustainable was crazy. Right. Um, but kind, you know, kind of counter to that, you know, what Wahoo went through this past year on their stuff, they're kind of back on their feet. But like they let their training platform, well, not their simulation platform, go, and now you buy a new Wahoo smart trainer, you get a year's worth of Zwift with, or three months of Zwift with it. Mm. Or if you buy the Zwift smart trainer, you get a year's worth of Zwift with it. When I bought, when I bought my smart bike, it included a year's worth of Zwift with it which for me made it a no-brainer at that point because I was already a Zwift subscriber. So it was like, oh, I'm getting this bike for this much and a year's worth of Zwift. You know, I, it's better than just getting a, a regular smart trainer at that point. Hmm. Um, but that said, I personally, if you start going down that path where you think you need something indoor, I think you would be better off with a smart trainer and some sort of simulation software but yeah. i'm not saying that's that's the i don't i don't think any of them are the right fit for you quite frankly but i could be wrong i like to ride my bike outside i understand that it's part of the reason i ride my bike is to go and see stuff you know oh i no, go I, and do I, things i get that completely yeah. there's um, what do you, you ride twice a week three times a week i try to ride at least twice a week um i rode twice this weekend actually i rode knob hills did i tell you this story I have not heard it. So we both know I'm a dipshit, but I'm going to tell you even more so why I'm a dipshit. <laughs> so on Saturday, um, I went climbing with my kid in the morning. It was a rare weekend where I didn't have anything. It was freaking nice. I didn't have any functions, no nothing. 
and uh, Gage was going to cook for me that evening. So I went riding, I went climbing that morning and then came home and chilled for a little bit and then was going to go ride Knob Hills solo. I didn't even invite anybody. My plan was just to ride a chill lap because the weather was amazing. What was it, like high of 73? Something. Something. Um, so loaded everything up, got to the trailhead. Trailhead was kind of busy with, with vehicles, not a lot of people. Um, and so I hopped on my bike and took off and I was planning on just riding chill. And as soon as I started riding, I was like, man, I feel pretty good. So I just kind of stayed in it and I was clipping along pretty good. Um, past, past a couple of people, um, you know, hikers, riders that were pulled over, um, and went all the way to the end of the trail, didn't stop, just kept going, just turned and and started heading back and then uh right there where inspiration point is you know where the bench is oh yeah um, yeah, yeah, yeah uh you know it's kind of almost a switchback right there you can see up to the top well uh emily and shane woodhall were there and they had pulled over and i come around that little tree that's right there by the bench and i go what's going on guys shane looks at me and he's like what are you doing i go riding my bike what are you doing and he's like, um, where's your helmet? <laughs> and I did one of these, what? I had, I had put my cycling cap on uh-huh, uh-huh. and not put my helmet on. Yeah. Meantime, I was ripping. Yeah. Like throwing yeah. my bike around, yeah, like yeah. just bombing down well, cause, stuff. Because you felt good. Yeah, I felt good. <laughs> felt lighter and then i was just (laughs) felt cooler it's like somebody just ripped my legs out Uh, he's like he's like this isn't the brat i know why why are you riding without a helmet i go well obviously i didn't mean to but i felt like a complete dipshit wow and uh so he goes well i hope i didn't ruin the rest of your ride and i go no i'm not going to change anything i said if i ride scared then that's when i'm going to fall so i just carried on um but I did feel stupid. I was waiting. At that point, I was waiting for somebody to go, where's your helmet? So I get back to the truck, fully anticipating my helmet to be sitting on my bed rail or on my dry box. No, it's in the back seat. Mm -hmm. Never even got it out. Never never even got to that point. You were just too anxious to ride, man. I don't know what was going on. I, I, I don't know. It's the first time I've ever done that that I know of. But I also wasn't riding with anybody, so nobody goes, hey. Well, there was nobody to remind you. Yeah. So, but I felt like a complete idiot. Except for Shane. Yeah. Yeah. And he was about. That was three quarters of the way through. about nine miles too late, <laughs> you know. So, uh, I just, I couldn't believe it. I've, and I share my stories of idiocy, so maybe it helps somebody else remember. But I do. I do acknowledge that I made one tiny tactical error. Um, normally, you know, we all have our habits of how we pack our kit and, and mm-hmm. all this. I routinely will have my cycling cap and my gloves in my helmet. In that's what I do. Yeah. And so I'll grab my helmet out, put it on the bed of my truck or whatever, and then put my cap on, put my helmet on immediately. Well, I had washed my hat and gloves, and so they were separate. They were with my clothes um, instead of with my helmet. 
I did have my helmet. Right. So but you, I, you, I, you still messed with the routine. Yes, yes. And so I think that's where the whole thing broke down. But still, I felt so dumb. <laughs> Luckily, I didn't need a helmet. You Luckily. Know? Yeah. Luckily. Yeah. So I just felt like sharing that because I just, it's, it's, uh, it's a good story. It's, it's funny ish. <laughs> I don't condone riding without a helmet for the record, but I still, I was like, ah, what am I doing? So I, re- I recognize people are free to make their own choices, but, yeah. uh, you know, you know, that doesn't stop them from being a dumbass sometimes. Yeah. Oh, I see p- plenty of people. I see people. North Shore is the one that, that weirds me out the most, but that's also where I ride the most. But we see guys on the regular, on, on a Tuesday night, guys going into the trail at Match Shelter like 10 minutes before sundown, no lights, no helmet, just riding without a care in the world. And I'm like, A, you're going to get lost probably. B, you're going to run out of light. And C, where's your helmet, you know? So, but to each their own. Hope they're well insured. I know a guy. Mm-hmm.